But I think the most important step is figuring out those things that help you to feel confident and do more of those. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I am so thrilled today to have Kim Diamond on the podcast. Kim was actually in, uh, well, I guess we first met in entrepreneurial wellness group at Salus Space in Sioux Falls. That was where we first connected. And then she joined my mastermind, the Confident Creative, the last round. And so I got to know her a bit more through that coaching. Um, and we've just become good friends. I have learned so much from her. Kim is a holistic wellness coach. And so um, she primarily works with women when it comes to really learning how to live a, a deeper more, I think of it as like a a more alive life, right? Like a more wonderful life. And that looks different depending on who you are. Um, But a lot of the things that she works with women on are things like confidence and boundaries and um, self-love and self-trust. And I've, I've just learned so much from her. She's really good at breaking things down and making them uh, very attainable, kind of turning things into baby steps which feels just so much more realistic than just telling someone like, be more confident, have more self-trust. Like, what does that actually mean? Kim really breaks it down in a way that is easy to understand and easy to put into action. And that's what we're talking about today when it comes to stepping outside your comfort zone. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kim Diamond. When I think back on my first years of business ownership, it is a sea of Excel spreadsheets and paper contracts and taking checks by mail. And it worked for a while. But as someone who isn't particularly organized, I soon realized it was a bit risky to be hodgepodging everything together. I needed something that organized my clients in a way that made it easy for me to keep track of them and their projects and ideally save me some time. Dubsado has been my right-hand software ever since. Dubsado was my assistant before I could afford to hire an assistant, and even 10 years later as my team has grown, it continues to keep us organized and sane. It allows me to send and accept digital contracts, no printing or scanning, it's all done online, send invoices and receive payments faster than when I was receiving them by mail, and it integrates with so many other platforms that I use, like Google Calendar, so I never miss an appointment. One of my favorite Dubsado features is payment plans. This allows me to organize my monthly revenue so I have more consistent months of income, as opposed to some months that were super high and some months that were super low. Now I can spread out the payments, making it easier on my clients who receive automated reminders, and it's far more predictable for my monthly budgeting. I can also set up workflows to help clients prep for their sessions without me having to remember to send weekly emails. Honestly, when people ask me the one business tool I can't live without, it's Dubsado. If you're ready to uplevel the back end of your business and make your life a whole lot easier, you can head to dubsado.com and get 20% off your first month or year with the code Maddie Pashong. That's 20% off your first month or year with the code Maddie Pashong. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. 
I'm super pumped to be here and finally glad that we can make this happen. I know it's like sort of been in the works for a little while, but it's funny that we're talking about stepping out of your comfort zone today because this is me actually like living and breathing and doing that. So it's perfect. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you're here. We first started talking about this a while ago. So this is really exciting. So first, I would love for you to tell everyone who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Kim Diamond. Um, I am an Enneagram 2, a recovering people pleaser, former elementary school teacher, and why I'm here today is because I am an IAWP certified holistic wellness coach, and I empower women to take ownership of their health and their wellness by identifying their core wants, needs, values to help them to set personal boundaries. Uh, We work on creating mindset shifts that allow them to ditch self-doubt and build self-trust. And then lastly, we implement self-love and self-care practices so that they can cultivate confidence to start showing up to their lives each day, really filled with purpose. So that's kind of like my who I am and what I do. Um, Yeah. How did you go from being an elementary school teacher to what you do now? That is a great question. I sort of like to think like I jumped into things feet first, head first. I don't know what you want to call it. (laughs) Um, I, as I said, am a former elementary school teacher. My husband and I uh, moved here four years ago to Sioux Falls. So um, I was a teacher there and I kind of started to fall out of love with education and what it was for me. Um, I grew up thinking I wanted to be a teacher. My mom was a teacher, my aunts were all teachers, my sister-in-law, my sister. So it was just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this because it sounds comfortable and not easy, but like, oh, this is just my natural path. And I really kind of fell out of love with what it was. And I came home feeling like drained and tired and fatigued and really just worried about like, okay, is this gonna be my lifelong career or do I need to do something else? Um, And then my husband had an opportunity, then fiance, to move to Sioux Falls and take a job. So I was like, okay, um, I guess this is my time. I'm going to quit my teaching career. I'm going to move to a place that I don't know anybody or anyone or anything. And I'm going to start over because I need to be doing something that fills me up and that I can do forever. And that's kind of how I you know, jumped in head first. <laughs> that is truly jumping in head first. Because like to, I think friendships and just meeting people and really forging like those deep friendships is so challenging as an adult mm-hmm. and something that we don't talk enough about. I, I know for probably a lot of us, certainly I can speak for myself. Like I went to school from kindergarten through high school with like the same group of people. And so mm-hmm. I think I always thought like, I'm very good at making friends. I'm good at having friends. But I think in reality, it was just kind of handed to me. And then right. as an adult being in a place where like, you actually have to go out and make these relationships and try mm-hmm. like, oh, this is actually incredibly difficult. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I was really in that headspace when we moved here. I, like I said, knew no one. Um, my husband was going to work and I was just at home with like our dog. So it was just like so lonely. And honestly, I was really depressed and really isolated. And I kind of had to pull myself up and think like, okay, 
what do I value? What's important to me? And how can I start doing that? Because sitting in this headspace of like feeling like alone and lost and, you know, all of those icky feelings was not where I meant to stay. Um, So I kind of had to figure that all out all over again without the support of, you know, friends and family being immediately here for me, you know, without, you know, obviously my husband, but yeah. How do you balance, like when you're really in the beginning stages of a transition like that, how do you balance like giving yourself the space to kind of grieve and be sad and be bummed and feel your feelings, but then also recognizing like, I'm not meant to stay here. I'm meant to experience joy and happy things again. Like, how do you get there? I think a lot of us kind of get stuck. Totally. I think, you know, first and foremost, it's like having that self-awareness of being like, hey, I'm in this space that feels really icky, really depressed or isolated or whatever you're feeling. And just allow yourself the space to feel those feelings. I think so often we, you know, run away from them, close down, we turn to like numbing behaviors, whether that's, you know, social media or drinking or just zoning out doing things that aren't filling you up. So really having that self awareness piece of like, look, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to allow myself to feel it. And then I'm going to take one step forward that's going to get me out of that space. Mm -hmm. When your clients come to you, why typically? Like how are they kind of, is it it like a self-awareness where they realize like, okay, something could be better or like what are they typically saying when they first come to you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think most of my clients are women who, like you said, are wanting more from their lives, but they're not even sure what that more is or how to get it. You know, women that are silently struggling with self-limiting beliefs or craving mindset shifts so that they can start believing in themselves and cultivate that deep sense of worthiness and self-love to get them to that space where they can get unstuck. Or, you know, women who are wanting to start living with more purpose or joy or intention, but every day kind of feels like, you know, they're on that hamster wheel of life going through the motions, but not feeling fulfilled. Um, I think so often people, you know, know all of the things that they should be doing um, to maintain that healthy lifestyle. But knowing which one of those things works best for you can be really hard. You know, there's a million self-help, self-care techniques that you could be doing, but it's ultimately about figuring out the one that's going to work for you. But that can be really hard to do without help. So that's kind of something that I provide is getting really clear on what's important to you, what's helpful, what's not helpful. Yeah. You talk a lot on social media and I know with your clients and you and I have had conversations before about confidence. And I, I love the topic of confidence in general, because I just think it's something that so many women struggle with. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of how you approach uh, confidence with your clients? Yeah, I think confidence can mean different things to different people. But I think the most important step is figuring out those things that help you to feel confident Mm. and do more of those. You know, having that sense of confidence stepping into a situation that might be uncomfortable or, you know, meeting new friends or starting over, having the confidence in yourself to do that is so important. So I think finding spaces first where you feel really confident for me personally, I feel super confident when I'm working out and moving my body and doing things that are like pouring into me. So how can I be doing more of that 
that will allow me to show up more confidently in other spaces of my life. Mm -hmm. I think what's interesting about confidence, at least how I've experienced it, is I have a tendency to put it on this pedestal of like one day I will be confident. Mm -hmm. And the reality has been a lot more like what you just said. Like there are spaces of my life where I feel really confident on any given day. And then Mm -hmm. there are other spaces where I really don't feel that way. And then there are times when it kind of gets flipped and I feel confident in an area where I typically don't and not confident in an area where I typically do. And it's just like this constant learning about yourself. Right. Yeah. I like to say like confidence is not going to be like an Amazon delivery box that just like shows up on your door one day. Like that's not the case. And I truly feel that like no one is just confident forever in every single area of your life. You really have to build that and cultivate that from within. And a lot of that comes with like self-trust and knowing that, okay, I can do this and allowing yourself to take up space and build that from within. Mm -hmm. When we talk about getting outside of your comfort zone, how much does like confidence and self-trust have to do with, with that, with stepping outside your comfort zone, with doing something that like makes you feel a little, you know, Mm -hmm. like your stomach is jello. Yeah. I think honestly, confidence and self-trust have everything to do with stepping out of your comfort zone, but I don't feel like you have to have it before you do that. So that being said, like, I think that, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but that builds as you start stepping out of your comfort zone, at least in my personal experience, that's what I've witnessed um, through myself and through my clients. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. You um, have a couple of things to share today when it comes to stepping outside your comfort zone. And I think that this is something that certainly can be applied to business, but also just Mm -hmm. life in general. Like we've all had to have conversations that force us outside of our comfort zone, or maybe we're making decisions in our business or um, some sort of like a move or a transition in our personal life where like, we're just feeling like, um, I uh, related a little bit to feeling kind of naked. Like you just don't feel comfortable. You don't, you feel like you're just a bit outside of yourself. So mm-hmm. what are some ways that we can start start stepping outside of our comfort zone? Because there's so much growth that happens there, but also it's really scary. And like, we'd rather just Absolutely. watch Netflix and not do that. <laughs> right. You know, while my story is totally unique to me, I know that it's really common, like you said, for people, especially women who are used to putting others' needs before their own to feel scary or feel scared to step out of their comfort zone. You know, maybe that's like staying stuck in a job or a career or a relationship or just a headspace that they're in just because it feels comfortable. And the alternative, like you said, feels even scarier. Like it's that naked moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be vulnerable and exposed and all of these things. And before I even go into those steps, I, I just want everyone to know that's listening to this, that there is so much more out there for you and it's never too late to start over or try something new. But Absolutely. I do have some steps that kind of help you to start doing that. Um, and the first is to really get curious before you step out of your comfort zone, take time to identify what you do want, what you need, 
and what you value. And I teach my clients something called the four ends, and that's identifying your non-negotiables, your necessities, not needed but nice, and your no's. And I think this as sort of like the catalyst or the spark that allows them to get curious about what they're currently doing, you know, what they want to be doing, or maybe they have no idea like what they could be doing or that would like allow them to be more fulfilled. So I think that that, you know, it's time that you take to sit down and think like, what do I want from my life? What's important to me kind of helps you first start thinking about that. So really just being curious about like, what is it that I want? Yeah. Um, Kim was in my mastermind, the confident creative, the last round. And so she took all of us through this exercise and it was so incredibly helpful. And I was also so annoyed because through this (laughs) exercise, (laughs) through this exercise, I found out that like one of my non-negotiables, like when I think of the days that I have that are like really good days, it starts, not not necessarily starts, but at some point I will have like sweated or moved my body. And Mm -hmm. I have fought that for years. And so to have this piece of paper in front of me, that's telling me like, if you want to have a really good day, you need to move your body. I was just like, this is so incredibly annoying, but I'm glad (laughs) to know it. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) so helpful though, to understand, like it's, it's personal boundaries, you know, like how do you, and then you can kind of take that to inform, like, how do you want your days and your weeks and your months set up? And that's really empowering. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, doing that and realizing like, Hey, this isn't comfortable for me to recognize that this is something that's important to me, but having that moment of clarity of like, yes, I see this on paper in front of me. This is something I want. How can I go after that? Yep. It is um, even more, it's helpful too. now that I know this about myself, when I start feeling not like myself, or I'm Mm -hmm. in a funky mood, or I just kind of can't shake something, I can kind of come back to that, like, okay, what are my four ends here? Have I moved my body lately? And if I'm having a bad day or like a stretch of bad days, the answer is usually no, to be honest with you. So it's like, okay, then I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to do something where I'm sweating because that's going to at least help me 10%, you know? And that's a really empowering thing to be able to recognize. Like, I don't feel like myself right now, but I know how to fix it. Yeah. And really just like, what can I do to move the needle 1%? You know, I'm all for baby steps. So having that um, curiosity piece and self-awareness really allows you to get there. Yeah. Okay. So that's step one. And can you say the four ends one more time? Yeah, of course. So non-negotiables, necessities, not needed, but nice, and then no's. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Step number two would be choose yourself. So every day, make a conscious choice to choose to do the hard thing or be a little or a lot uncomfortable. Um, Choose to grow, choose to meet new friends, think of a new career or job or hobby that you want to start. And continue to live outside your comfort zone as long as you're doing the things that truly, truly matter to you. And by identifying those things first in that previous step, you're allowing yourself to have that clarity of those things that do. And then 
while you're doing that, meeting yourself with compassion because it's not easy to choose the hard thing. It's not easy to choose yourself. And I think that having compassion in those moments, like recognizing that it's hard and, you know, giving yourself that love back that you need in those times, it's so important. So choosing yourself. Do you find, since you work with women, do you find that we can kind of get stuck in this pattern of not choosing ourselves and not even really like recognizing that it's happening? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I work with moms, um, women in general, and it's so common for people to have that guilt of, but I can't do this because then I'm not going to be, you know, caring for my family or, you know, someone else's needs. And, you know, I was listening to this podcast one time and I think uh, Glennon Doyle was speaking to this point of, you know, so often women are praised for being selfless. And when you think of like the root of that word, it means being less of yourself. Mm. And I come back to my clients and say, well, would your family or your partner or your friends or whomever that you're in a circle with want you to be less of yourself? And not doing the things that are important to you cause you to be less of yourself. So I think that that's always kind of like an eye-opener way to look at it. I had a really interesting conversation probably last summer about, and I was, I, I get so excited for summertime and I was talking about this like summer list that I have with my kids every year. And we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go to the museum, go to the pool. And it's stuff that I enjoy, but it is stuff that we do for my kids. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a coach at the time and she said, she's like, do you have a summer list for yourself? And I like just kind of laughed at her and was like, no, like, why would I? And I, she, that was a, like an exercise that she gave me. And it was embarrassing how difficult it was to create a list of things that I wanted to do for me. You know, Mm -hmm. like it felt, it felt so uncomfortable to be like, I want to get a pedicure by myself just to get a pedicure, you know? Right. Yeah. And and that's something that I notice that comes up when my clients are identifying their four ends, especially the not needed but nice. It's so hard for people to think of those things that like they're not really necessities, they're not non-negotiables, they're just things that you do because they feel good, mm-hmm. and it can be so challenging for yeah. us to think of those things. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay that it's challenging, but it's important to be like, hey, why is this challenging for me? I love what you said about getting curious because I think I tend to go to a place of judgment around like when it comes to other people. Sure. I suppose I'm human, but more for myself, like I'll have a <laughs> thought or a reaction and immediately like judge myself for it. And instead of doing that, going to that place of curiosity and being like, well, I wonder why I feel judgment around wanting to get a pedicure on a Tuesday. Like, why is that so triggering for me? Why, why does it feel like I can't do that when I'm, you know, I I can going to that place of curiosity is really helpful because I think pretty quickly we realize like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. Like I'm not hurting anyone and it feels good. Right. Yeah. Like who told you that truth, you know? however long ago that made you think that that's not something that you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And this goes so perfectly with um, the next step. You know, what we were just talking about is recognizing that it's normal to feel when you're doing something new. So whether that's nervous, scared, you're feeling self-doubty, or you're excited, or fearful, or whatever that is, it's totally normal to have feelings come up when you're doing something new. But that doesn't mean that you should stop yourself from doing it. You know, I think we so are trained um, just to like walk away from feeling just because like, oh, that seems scary. Um, Why is that coming up? I'm going to stop that. And then we just like push it under the rug and pretend like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's such a disservice to yourself to not feel the feelings that are coming up, you know, naturally in your body and not acknowledging them. You know, they're there to tell you something. And it's so important that again, you stay curious and listen to what that feeling is. Yeah, I I totally have a tendency to do this. And when I really think about it, it seems insane, but it's almost like I'm fighting for like a very baseline emotion. Like I don't mm-hmm. want those really, really low lows, but then also by the same token, I'm avoiding the highs too. And right. I think that that's kind of how it's not, I, this is something that I'm constantly dealing with. So it's not like it's <laughs> a problem that has been solved. But when I recognize like, okay, the low lows or even just the uncomfortable feelings by experiencing those, I'm also opening myself up to the really, really good stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. By allowing yourself to feel those, like allowing yourself to feel them, then you can let go of them. You can move past them. You can move through them. And then you can make space for those good feelings. Yeah, that's such a good point. That's such a good point. Because I think we've all had instances where we don't allow ourselves to move through those emotions and they just kind of like sit for, mm-hmm. you know, lack of a better term. And it it stays with you. Right. Yeah. If you look at the word emotion, motion is literally in the word e-motion, you know? Like motion means that you need to move through it. <laughs> move it out. And yeah. if you don't, like you said, it stays stuck. And then it doesn't make space for all of those good things that you want to be feeling. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, when you're in that space of feeling, I think it's just important to take that pause and notice when you're feeling those feelings, where you're feeling it, and then questioning, okay, well, why do I feel nervous to try something new? Why does it feel scary? And then journal about it or talk through it with someone, whether that's a coach or a therapist or a friend or a family member, and just allow, like you said, you know, to feel those feelings, to bring them up and to rid them sort of of your body and to make space for something new. Mm, Yeah, I love that. I definitely have a tendency to sit with emotions um, longer than necessary, like keep them to myself as opposed to sharing. And anytime that I share with someone who is trusted, I feel so much better, but it's a big step to get to the point where I feel like, okay, I'm going to let this like come out of my mouth. I'm going to let it, let it take Mm -hmm. up space. Like for whatever reason, that's so scary. Right. Yeah. And that it kind of segues into that last step and it's building that trust. Mm -hmm. So little by little and over time, 
I've noticed, and I can kind of hear from what you're saying, that each time you choose to do that thing, you're slowly building that trust in yourself. So each time you have that hard conversation, each time you choose yourself, each time you put yourself in the situation that seems a little bit uncomfortable, knowing that like, okay, I did that and it's, it's okay, I'm fine, allows you to build that trust in yourself. Even when things don't go perfectly or smoothly or anywhere close to how you had <laughs> planned them out in your head, like you're still okay. And yeah. you've still made it through that situation. And then like recognizing like, okay, that didn't go according to plan. I'm going to try again. That is so, that's been so huge for me, that building of trust. I've had it just, Mercury was in retrograde for like the first <laughs> six months of this year. And I felt it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had a lot of uncomfortable conversations, a lot of miscommunications. Much of it did not go how I wanted. But mm -hmm. to your point, I was able to kind of come to the other side. You know, even if I was pissed about it, <laughs> I was able to say like, I survived. Right. I'm still, I'm still here. And that like building that trust has been really important, even though like it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it not hard. Right. It doesn't make it comfortable right away. But right. knowing that like, I can do it, I can survive that. That's been really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking to those times that you made it through, like, what did you do in those times? You know, did you allow yourself to trust yourself more? Did you have conversations and then reflect on them? Like really identifying the things that, you know, even though the plan didn't go accordingly, like what went right mm -hmm. and how can you keep doing more of that? And then, you know, the things that didn't go so well, you know, the hard conversation that you had that you're like, eh, I didn't really like how that went. Like, what could you do next time to really set yourself up for success mm -hmm. and, you know, flip the script or, you know, make a little change next time that will allow it to feel like a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. That's such a good point. If, if things went swimmingly all the time, mm -hmm. and I think of this from like a business perspective too, but certainly on the personal side, it's still relevant. Um, if things went right all the time, we would never have anything to build on. Like some of the really tricky stuff I dealt with earlier this year, it's changed the way that I communicate with clients and it's changed the way that I do business for the better, even right. though that one situation like super sucked, you know? And so that is a win like that. I don't necessarily, even though it was very uncomfortable and I never want to do it again, I don't necessarily <laughs> look back to any of those things as failures because something came from it. And that's a good spot to be in. Right. Yeah. And I caution when I say like, I'm always looking for the silver lining. Like I'm not overly positive, but I'm not like overly pessimistic. Yeah. But I do truly feel that there's always going to be some light that you can find in whatever darkness yeah. of the situation that you're in. And, you know, in those situations where things aren't going your way or whatever, like there's always something that you can learn from it. And I think it's important to recognize that like failure doesn't have to mean like forever, like mm. you can fail at something and try again. Um, but so often we kind of let that hold us back from trying new things. That's so true. Okay. I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this question. Oh gosh. But I'm okay. curious <laughs> um, for, for people who are really just getting started 
when it comes to self-trust and really like listening to themselves, understanding their intuition. Do you have any tips what that could look like? Because I I know for me, I've had to have instances where I like really do not listen to my intuition and then Mm -hmm. end up on the other side. And I'm like, okay, that would have actually been a lot easier if I just would have listened to that feeling right away. So I kind of had to go the long route and I'm certainly still learning. But are there things that we can be doing to kind of build that self-trust and build that muscle if we're just figuring it out? Yeah, I am a huge, huge advocate for baby steps. You know, I obviously sort of did the opposite. Like I said, I jumped in head first and (laughs) I got to the point where I was like, holy moly, this is like, I'm in way over my head and I don't know where to go from here. So I think that having just like one tiny step out of your comfort zone at a time Mm -hmm. or one thing that seems like a little bit scary, that could be like asking for, you know, the flavor of ice cream that you want over someone else wanting it. You know what I mean? Like it's something as silly oh as gosh. that. Like it's little things. Like what, this is what I always, I always <laughs> think of this because I am the biggest, I am a, such a nervous Nelly about it. Mm-hmm. I have an, I have a very simple iced coffee order that I swear to God, no one in this town can get right. <laughs> And every time they give me my iced coffee and I'm like, this is wrong. And what do I do? I drive away. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) So you're saying I could go back in and say, hey, I noticed this was wrong. Could you make it the right way? (laughs) Yes. Like it's honestly little things like that, that you're like, oh, okay. I actually asked for what I want. And now I don't feel resentful and annoyed that I didn't. You know, like just those tiny little moments that you can start showing up for yourself are really like the bread and butter of all of this. Like, okay, I love this little baby things that you can be doing that allow you to, you know, not just get what you want, but be aligned with who you are. You can totally see how that can start to snowball on either side, right? Like, if you just kind of drive away with the iced coffee, or if you go back into the shop and say, hey, this is wrong. You know, like Mm -hmm. you can see how those decisions could snowball into more like decisions. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And I think I love that term snowball because it is about, you know, building that self-trust muscle. And that starts from, you know, tiny little places such as, you know, getting the iced coffee order that you want. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. Ironically, that makes me so uncomfortable, but that probably means it's a very good exercise. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I love love it. it. Um, (laughs) How can people, where can people find you, follow you if they want to know more about what you do and if they would be a good fit to work with you? Talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Kim Diamond Wellness no spaces, nothing fancy, super easy. Um, and then online at kimdiamondwellness.com. And if any of the things that we talked about today resonated with you or stirred up some feelings or thoughts, I offer a complimentary wellness consult that we can talk about what came up for you, um, what you're kind of feeling stuck in and how I can help as a coach. 
And if you're in the Sioux Falls area, Kim regularly does different workshops. You're offering your, I know by the time this airs, it will have already happened, but you're working mm-hmm. on your first online workshop right now. So there's lots of ways yeah. to work with you in different capacities too. Yep. You can kind of find me anywhere. I'm happy to meet you where you're at. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. I feel like I'm walking away with so many good tips and I need to go get an iced coffee. (laughs) Yes, you do. And you're going to ask for exactly what you want because you deserve it. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Maddie. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally Podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.